0: I would like to acknowledge the mothers of this land, the elders, their wisdom, their knowing, and my own elders and teachers. Welcome back. The process of becoming a mother is fraught with so many moments of wondering whether you can do this. It starts, doesn't it, right from the decision of wanting to fall pregnant How quickly and easily that happens. How naturally that happens. And then we're faced with the birth. Is a natural birth the best way? Does that mean you got it right? Did having a cesarean mean that you got it wrong? Over and over again. When I look at it, we set women up for this feeling of fail or succeed right from the beginning. And one of those big moments one of those big moments of whether she will feel successful or not is breastfeeding this is such an intense topic full of emotions i'm about to introduce you to erin bailey a mama rising facilitator nutritionist and breastfeeding coach She specialises in supporting women through their breastfeeding journey and as she says beautifully right at the beginning of this interview, please know that whatever your experience of breastfeeding has been, we support you. We hold your heart in our hands. What this conversation is really about is how we should be doing this in a way that actually supports the mother the emotional side of her, her sense of pride, connection to her body, her sense of intuition, how she begins the experience of motherhood. No matter what your experience of breastfeeding has been or is right now, I think you'll hear a lot of moments of healing and understanding in this conversation with Erin. I know I did. I hope you get as much out of it as I did. Enjoy. Erin, thank you for joining me on the Happy Mama Movement podcast. I am incredibly excited for the conversation we're going to have. There is a lot going on around breastfeeding again at the moment. I've been watching from afar what's happening in the US around the formula shortage and the conversation around breastfeeding. And it has brought up a lot of memories in me of that very very difficult transition into motherhood around breastfeeding in particular and so when you reached out to me and said i'd love to talk about this on the podcast of course it was a big yes because this is what you do you're a breastfeeding coach and you really look at the support the stories the way we talk to women about their breastfeeding experience so In other words, I should say, in other words, thank you for being here.
1: (laughs) Thank you. It's such a pleasure. And um, yeah, it is a big conversation. I think we'll be reining ourselves in for our, our time frame that we're aiming for because it is. It's one of those really, really emotive topics. I just want to start, I suppose, by just acknowledging that these conversations around breastfeeding and how we feed our babies are really emotive. Everyone will have a feeling one way or the other about breastfeeding, whether you've met your breastfeeding goals or not, whether you feel positively or negatively or indifferent. There's feelings there. What we're going to talk about today I suppose can potentially be really triggering for some. And so I just want to acknowledge that for anyone listening and please know that I hold your heart in mine, while I bear mine today, while I share mine and my love for breastfeeding support um, because I understand just how deep this runs for all of us.
0: Wow, what a beautiful intention right from the beginning. Thank Mm -hmm. you. So how did this start for you? What is your story around breastfeeding and how you've become so passionate about this?
1: Yeah, um, I think when you're pregnant... Well, for me, it's one of those things where you don't know what you don't know, right? <laughs> and all I'd heard, I suppose, from friends and whatnot was how much they'd struggled and either, you know, lots of them commenting that they couldn't breastfeed or that, you know, they had to mix feed and things like that. And I'm a naturopath and nutritionist, so I was studying, I suppose, at that point and understood the nutritional benefits of breastfeeding and one of my cousins actually said oh look I did this breastfeeding education course when I was pregnant are you interested I'm not going to buy it for you if you're not going to do it and I was like yeah that'd be really great thanks because I thought right I'm just going to go and know all of the information (laughs) and that's all great in theory until you have to do it (laughs) and then you're like oh my goodness, it's like when people try and share their parenting knowledge with you, you know, and you're like, okay, sure. <laughs> it's not relevant to you until you have to do it, I suppose. And then, yeah, I've had two babies, breastfed both of them, not always easy and not always well supported, particularly with my first. I had, um, we were feeding well. She had, you know, some began to get some weight gain issues and things like that it was you know quite typical around that three four month mark and um the GP that had been recommended to me really family friendly all that sort of stuff I'd gone along to and um There was no feeding advice in that. There was no management or discussion of the feeding behavior, relationship, frequency, anything like that. It was you've got a weight gain issue, supplement with formula. And I knew I had milk, like I was drowning in milk. (laughs) There was not an issue with how much milk I had. So for me, from that science point of view, it made no sense to me to compliment with something that I had plenty of it just didn't didn't make sense to me and that advice I won't you know there was ups and downs I was queried whether I had the baby blues things like that and I'm like no I just want the right I just want someone to understand what I'm trying to do here I suppose and um And that advice continued. I I opted for a 12-month, you know, when you go for your 12-month check and vaccinations and things like that, to see a different doctor in that same practice, and he was sick on that day. So I got put back with the doctor that I tried not to see. And um, still at 12 months the advice was still, and, you know, we're just small people. So (laughs) it was just how she was biologically going to be. Um, And I said, but we're at 12 months, shouldn't we now be sort of like focusing on, not that breast milk is unimportant at that point, but it's okay for food to start to take, you know, more of a focus. And for us, if we're going to boost the diet somewhere, why not do that through food instead of reintroducing milk feeds that she wasn't asking for so yeah I suppose my journey and my my decision to sort of ultimately train in breastfeeding support stemmed from my own experience of just how lacking it is and since then discovered I suppose just how little breastfeeding training most health professionals get unless they opt to further their education after their main qualification so considering that in most ports are called you got a problem going on go and see your GP or your child health nurse or whatever and they don't necessarily have specific breastfeeding education so Mm. I find that really surprising considering how many babies they see.
0: Exactly and considering this is one of the most key elements in those early weeks and months of being a mother and having a healthy baby. What blows my mind about it though as well Erin is that Uh, I had a very difficult time with my first daughter and breastfeeding her. She had physical problems that made her breastfeeding experience incredibly painful. And therefore, I was sort of bundled up into the hospital system for the first few months on a daily basis to try. We'd have to go in for physio for her and I would sit with the lactation consultant in the hospital and had a very, very supportive experience in that way. However... All of it was still about the mechanics of the nipple into the mouth yeah. and the consumption of milk. Yes, I was broken. Mm. I felt that I had failed. I felt that I was the only one that, even two months later, was still not able to get this right. There was no conversation at all about how I felt. Felt mm. about it, about the emotions of it. To be completely honest with you, I would have liked to have stopped breastfeeding. It was too much for me. It wasn't working for either of us. But I didn't feel I could say how I really felt. I kept going because I thought if I didn't, I'd feel like even more of a failure. Yeah. So incredibly grateful, I kept going, I and mean, she fed all the way to twelve months. However, on reflection even in the very, very supportive way I was held in those first few months, it was still very uh, medical-based and mechanical. There was no understanding of what it felt like. Is that what you see?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And I suppose that's where I differ from, like, sometimes lactation consultants, particularly when they come from the nursing sort of background, Um, GPs and paediatricians, where it is baby focused and I find often forgetting the person attached to the breasts that
0: I <laughs> was literally the nipple that's all yeah, that was <laughs> that's
1: it. yeah and it's what um really upsets me and you know fires me up I suppose about some of the terminology around when the argument starts to become being you know us and them for and against formula breast particularly the terminology fed is best because it's not to say that I don't sympathize or believe that that for some people formula feeding or mixed feeding is necessary and beneficial and going to be the better scenario for them what that terminology says to me is it's not talking about the mother at all it's completely forgotten the mother and there is very rarely the question asked of how do you feel about this what do you want to do what are your instincts telling you and I wonder for you Amy even and for anyone else listening that's maybe been in a similar situation through that period and perhaps they have had that feeding direct support as in the mechanical and functional aspects of feeding support whether if there was more of that emotional mental support for you as a person you as a mother you as someone who is currently trying to breastfeed whether that experience and that internal dialogue would be different the guilt the resentment, the nasty, mean mama talk that happens because there is. And we know the statistics show that about 95% of women initiate breastfeeding. That to me tells me that they either want to or they at least see benefit in breastfeeding. That's a huge proportion of people. And obviously there is a small portion of people who who can't or don't want to for whatever reason, and that's a very complex, you know, it's not just simply don't want to be bothered. There's usually really big things going on for people that can't or don't want to breastfeed. But the drop from that 95%, at the three-month mark, we're left with just under 40% breastfeeding, exclusively breastfeeding. So what's happening in that phase? What's happening in that fourth trimester, the first three months of being a parent, what's happening during that phase? And we also know that the single biggest contributing factor to a person meeting their breastfeeding goals or being at least content with where they get with breastfeeding is support. Yes, you have to want to breastfeed, like that's the first step, but just simply wanting without any support is often not enough. So um, there's something fundamentally going wrong in our system for new mothers if that's what's happening.
0: And if you could have your way after coaching and listening to so many women and bringing in your understanding of matrescence, because you're now a Mama rising facilitator as well, when you look at the emotional support, what would you like them to receive? You talk a lot about, in the way that you speak about this, I've noticed, around a woman really feeling in her body, mm-hmm. like developing this relationship with her body. It's really this process of her understanding herself and gaining confidence in it. What would you like to be in place for her?
1: I'd like continuity of care during pregnancy and birth. Mm -hmm. I think that's absolutely fundamental to a powerful birth and a powerful postpartum period and ongoing support and not one visit Mm -hmm. from your child health nurse 10 days in when you've already lost your mind and you're (laughs) (laughs) deep deep in sleep deprivation and countless nappies. Um, It's way beyond that first couple of weeks that we need. I don't know how that's going to happen, Amy, but one mum at a time I've got to hope that we start that ripple and that change happening.
0: And it needs to be a, a shift from the feeding result to also include, of course that's important, to also include her sense of power and acceptance And um, what else would you say? What do we want her to feel about this? Because as you said, there are times when the breastfeeding journey might end, but it needs to be something that within herself, she's at peace with. It's not because she feels like she failed. It's not because there was something wrong with her or her baby or whatever. We want, if I think about it, I want her to feel at peace within herself
1: yeah, yeah. Um, it's some of those things that we talk about in Mumma you know, that quiet, graceful confidence and how different the rest of our mothering, parenting, however you want to word it, journey would be I really feel like these critical weeks and months straight after we have a baby can really shape how we feel in ourselves not just physically in our body but mentally emotionally and how we go on to parent it can make such a huge difference I talk to mums all the time who particularly around you know with there's birth trauma and then the breastfeeding Relationship didn't happen the way that they thought it would, who then feel like a failure ongoingly, well beyond those parts of their lives ending. And that's the, th- that's the other thing that really needs to shift in focus in breastfeeding support. It is the relationship. It is not just the extraction of milk and putting it into a baby. It is the relationship between those two people. And when you see... A mother who is at peace with herself, who is feeling confident in her body's abilities, in confident in her reading her baby and understanding her baby's needs, it is such a different picture and a key part of that is the support that they have to bolster their self-esteem, bolster their confidence when you're at a really vulnerable stage of life. Yes. Yeah.
0: I know you've said that you've spoken to grandmothers that mm. are still... Um, not at peace with that breastfeeding experience of their children all those years ago. This this yeah. does carry on. I know in my many years of coaching mums, the number of times when we dive into that inner mean mama story, it goes all the way back to that breastfeeding moment. It goes all the way back to that immediate postpartum period and how yeah. she didn't feel like she did that right.
1: Yeah. It's huge. It can really shape how you, um, just how you're living in your body and in your mind, the negative words that lots of women use throughout their life. And they may not necessarily link that to the breastfeeding experience, but how they feel about their reproductive health, how they then feel going through menopause. What breaks my heart is a woman who is at war with her body.
0: Oh, That actually makes me emotional because Mm -hmm. that's what it feels like. And, you know, I want to bring in something else we talk a lot about in Mama Rising, which is this idea of the maternal mandate, this assumption that just because you're female and you have pushed a baby out or had a baby come out of you, that the next stage should be easy and natural. This is not the case. This is something we need to be taught. We need to learn Each child is different. Each child will have different feeding needs. I remember, (laughs) I'd have a funny little anecdote for you. I remember someone, I can't even remember who told me this, but it was so true because I had two girls and then a boy. And someone, I think it was a midwife, once told me baby girls, and I'm sorry, this is very gender stereotypical, but (laughs) baby girls are like women in the morning. They need to be acknowledged and said good morning and had a little moment of connection and then they're happy to go on the breast. You know, there's a little bit of a little bit of a dating kind <laughs> of warming up first. Whereas a baby boy will wake up and be like, I don't care what you have to say. Give me the boob. I'm hungry, <laughs> I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And then after eating, he'll be ready to chat. It's yeah. Like little, little things like that. If I could go back, they're the conversations I would have liked to have had with my maternal health nurse. They're the conversations mm. I wanted to have with my mother's group. Like I wanted to understand the little nuances so I could begin to feel confident that mm. I could meet my baby's needs mm. because that's what it is. And even if meeting your baby's needs looks different than you thought, it's about that sense of confidence within yourself. Wow. it's so important
1: it's so important and you're absolutely right we expect yes okay breastfeeding is natural in the sense that it's a bodily function and you know we're um innately sort of there's hormones and everything that help that happen but the art and the skill of breastfeeding is a learnt skill Mm. and traditionally we would have had our mamas and our aunties and our grandmas and our, you know, sisters around us helping and supporting that happen. If you've had a baby in the last two years, Mm. (laughs) you've been out of hospital pretty quick if that's where you've birthed and there is nobody. There's nobody. They were doing child health nurse checks over the phone or Zoom. I am So it's... You know, my hat goes off to any parent that has had a baby in the last two years, whether it's your first or your second or your tenth um, because, as you say, each baby is different, each experience is different and each additional child adds a new dynamic to the family and, oh, you've done it tough. This is not normal mothering. <laughs>
0: this is, no.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's really what... Uh- I would love to hear from you if there is a mum listening who either is still struggling with this or is realising that this has carried into her experience of motherhood, what would you like her to know?
1: That you are whole, that you've done your best with what you've had and the support that you've had. Hmm. That's a big question, Amy. I'm just anchoring in because it's it's huge. And that you're the perfect mother for that child. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. It's interesting that 14 years later, that still makes me emotional to hear that. That's how much of an impact this can have. Absolutely. So taking a breath. (sighs) Yes. (laughs) We also have the great privilege of lots of women who want to support mothers differently listening to this podcast now. So for everyone in this space and also for your girlfriends, your sisters, the ones who are about to have a baby and you're going to be the one that perhaps sits on the couch with them as they try and figure this out. What should we as the support people remember in this role? So
1: first off, I think what comes up a lot in all different stages of parenting is that most of us are trying to justify our own (laughs) experiences and choices in parenting so if you're Mm. trying to support someone breastfeeding remember it's not about you and simply sitting saying I'm here for you how can I help you're doing a great job you're amazing (laughs) any of the lovely things that I'm sure your friend or your sister or your whoever is Um, so yeah it's not about you your experience is different to theirs asking what they want what they're hoping for and how can you support them do that if you don't know that's okay but help them find the support where they can whether that's a one-on-one support person breastfeeding coach or a lactation consultant there's also the Australian Breastfeeding Association that has a 24-hour helpline for people to call. A number of times I talk to people about that and mention it and they go, Oh, really? Didn't even know. The number is on the back of your baby book. Wow. So, and and really, if you are a person that's wanting to feed, or you're sort of observing someone who's wanting to feed. I think it's really important to create that village or that support network around you of people who know and respect what your goals are and aren't at every turn going to offer you alternatives if that's not what you want.
0: Oh, Um, that's a good point.
1: Yeah, so I think that it comes down to respect, listening and, and just supporting and helping and encouraging in whatever way you can.
0: And if it's Mm -hmm. not in
1: your capacity saying, I can't help you through this one, but let's find someone who can.
0: Yes. Yeah. And if it's not in your capacity to help with breastfeeding directly, remember that this is about supporting the whole woman. Yeah. So perhaps there's other ways you can support, like taking the toddler out so she can have that space, like organising some food. You know, let's again move away from this is mechanical yeah uh you know process and instead who are you what do you need how do you feel yeah what can I do
1: yeah absolutely and exactly as you say whether it's meal you know dropping meals around or helping with ironing or washing or you know yeah the toddler older children helping with the school run you know whatever um it's yeah, it's not just that milk transfer, it's the whole environment
0: for that mother. Yeah. Yeah. Look, one thing's one thing's for sure. Somehow this is still such an incredibly emotive topic yeah. that somehow even in this day and age we are still not honoring in the way that it should be. And feeling confident to speak up about, you know, even just speaking amongst a mother's group about your breastfeeding experience can be daunting. I hope that conversations like this, but also the work that you're doing and so many others are beginning to do in this space is really going to change this for everybody. So thank you so much, Erin, for speaking so. about this so beautifully. There were moments of emotions for me in this conversation, which, as I said, shows just how important it is even 14 years later. So thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Ah. Uh. It continually blows my mind just how often we have missed the key emotional support moments for women in matrescence and how profound those moments turn out to be. The way we start is the way we continue. And if we start by feeling like we're not supported, we're not heard, we're doing something wrong, then we carry that with us. I hope wherever you are in your experience of matrescence and breastfeeding, this has been healing in some way. And if you are someone who supports women through motherhood, that this brings a new understanding or perhaps reinforces what you know we are meant to be for these divine new mamas. You can learn more about Erin's work in the show notes. And, of course, remember... the understanding of matrescence and how we support women differently is what we do in the Mama Rising facilitator training. It opens again in August only once a year. If this is calling you please jump on my website get on the wait list. We have a special offer for those who want to train this year released in July so jump on there now. Until next week, thank you for joining this conversation with me and so many others. Satnam. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen